The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you were looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but the food that endures for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are here not because you saw signs, but because your stomachs were filled. This is what Jesus says to the large crowd that's gathered around him. He points out the fact that they have gone to great lengths simply to have their stomachs filled. Keep in mind, this is the crowd that that first went to go follow after Jesus, that found themselves upon the mountain where he would then, as we heard last week, feed them as they were 5,000 plus in number. And then Jesus departed. And the same crowd, waking up the next day, seeing that Jesus wasn't there went off and they themselves were able to get into boats and cross over the sea to Capernaum to seek after him again. They went through a lot of work just to get their stomachs filled. And Jesus points to them at the simple reality, this isn't the ideal. You've gone to such great lengths just for earthly food, but don't do that. Put your effort into the food that gives eternal life. Put your work into the food that will give eternity. To have us a little backstory, the Lord and the church provides for us this week the reading from Exodus, our first reading today. Because the people are questioning Jesus back and forth as he he begins to transition into what we'll see in the next four weeks, the, uh, the bread of life discourse. As we hear first himself today say, I am the bread of life. So we'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. But today they're going in this back and forth and they're asking for him to do something. Show us, a, show us a sign that we can believe in you. Apparently they absolutely totally forgot the fact that yesterday he fed 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish. But apparently that wasn't sign enough. So they're looking for something even more miraculous. They said Moses 
Now Moses is the, the highest of the high people in the Israelite community. He's the one that got them out of Egypt, got them out of slavery to lead them to the promised land. Moses gave us bread from heaven. What can you do, Jesus? And Jesus politely reminds them, Moses didn't give bread from heaven. My father gave the bread from heaven. And I myself am the true bread. It's important for us to understand what that bread from heaven looked like in that first round. They're calling to mind something miraculous that happened. And Jesus rightly uses it to point to something that he himself is going to do. There's lots of correlations, one-to-one correlations that we see in the old and the new and what we experience here every single week. In Exodus, the people are out in the desert. Remember that they were in Egypt. They were in slavery for several hundred years in forced labor. But as we hear... Their stomachs were full. They had their fill of bread. They had their flesh pots. They had their big kettles where they had all the food that they needed. And they're complaining as they're out in the desert because would that we would would have died slaves. If we had only been slaves, our stomachs would have been full. But now we're out here. We're free people. We can worship the Lord our God anytime and in any way we desire. But we're a little hungry. Basically what they were saying was, It was easier to have a full stomach and an empty heart than to have a full heart and an empty stomach. That was the preference. We'd rather just have the food. And it's that that compelled them. And so the Lord God, hearing their cry, said, I will provide food for my people. And he sent among them bread in the morning and quail in the evening. Bread that was ultimately flesh is what God would give to us. So God was already preparing well in advance the gift of the Eucharist, bread and flesh. So they received these gifts, the Israelites did. For 40 years, every day, except on the Sabbath day of the week, Saturday, in the morning they would wake up and there would be this miraculous bread that they had no idea what it was. That's why they look at it and go, what is this? (laughs) They didn't know what to call it. They had no idea what it was. They'd never seen it before. Hello. My little glasses are just settling. It's okay. So they're all getting, you know, the, 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 this miraculous bread. You know, they, they're trying to figure out what to do with it. In the evening time, they get a whole flock of quail. Now, whenever they were in the desert, there were millions, approximately two million people, I think is the number, who were traveling. That's a lot of quail. And the simple reality is the Lord didn't give them this easily accessible food while they were in the desert. It's not as if they woke up every morning. There was a nice, you know, fresh loaf of bread at the end of their tent. And there was in the evening time on a silver platter, a nice, you know, a nice roast steak for you to eat. He gave you bread in the morning, which was basically like picking up frost off the ground. And imagine how much frost you had to collect to make a meal. And in the evening time, rather than give you turkeys from heaven, he sent you little bitty quail. (laughs) It had to work for you, meat. And this is what the Lord God was teaching his people. He said it would be easy to have the earthly needs. But to have the eternal life, to have heavenly life, it takes work. It takes commitment. This is what would ultimately lead the Lord Jesus to remind us later on that the road to perdition, the road to hell is, is wide. But the road to heaven is a narrow path. It's difficult. 
And it's difficult because it takes our willingness to actually work on it. So that's the background. Is it's easy for us to settle for the things of the world and the flesh. But to have the things of heaven takes some labor on our part. Which brings us to the practical application of us here and now. Why are we here today? And not just collectively, individually. Why are you here today is my question. And it's something to ponder. To think about it. Because it may not be a simple question. Maybe it is. There's a whole variety of reasons that are comparable to having our stomachs filled. That we can come to Mass. The earthly desires. The earthly reasons. That are not necessarily the heavenly ones yet. It's easy for us to come to Mass if we just get to see our family or our friends. Maybe we come to Mass because it's our duty, because we're Catholics, and you go to Mass on Sundays. Just, just what we do. That's just it. That's enough. That's enough. Maybe it's part of our routine that, you know, I, I, I feel weird if I don't go to Mass, so I go to Mass so I can feel normal. <laughs> you know? This is part of the routine. Maybe, and especially, you know, sometimes for the younger people, I know it was my case when I was younger, you go to Mass because someone said, get dressed, you're going to Mass. It wasn't an option. It was mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it was said, get dressed, we're going. It wasn't a question of, do I want to go? It's a question of, where are we going to sit when we get there? (laughs) That was the only question. Maybe sometimes as we come to Mass because it makes us feel good about things. Maybe we are, you know, our, our hearts are uplifted by the music that we sing. Maybe our hearts are encouraged by the scriptures we read or something that the homily, you know, is mentioned in the homily. Or just the gathering together to pray in community. And all of these are not necessarily bad things because ultimately they all got us in the door. But the Lord God says to us, just as he said to those people, it's enough to start here. It's brought you here to me. But let's go deeper. Let's, for the, let's, let's look for the, the more substantial reasons of why the Lord God desires us to be here. And here is where we begin to recognize that coming to Mass, while it's not meant to be a painful thing, it is a thing that forces us to do a little bit of work. It's a challenge to us. It would have been easy for the Israelites, whenever they looked out on the, on the desert, to to see this hoarfrost bread and to see all this, this quail in the evening time to be a bit frustrated, and rightly they were. And eventually, well, elsewhere in the scriptures, you hear that they were. <laughs> because why, why can't the Lord just give us uh, a loaf of bread? You know, it would be easy. I mean, he's God, right? It would be easy for the Lord to do easy things for us, to make things, you know, a, a little bit more, you know, pleasing, less tiresome, less laborsome. But the Lord didn't, because he desired us to be able to come to do our work, because work can be a holy thing. And as we come here, it would be easy for us if it was as if we went to the bank and they had like a magical, uh, those, those air tubes, you know, where the, the, the electron, you put your, you go through the drive through you put your money in the thing and shoo, off it goes and they take care of it and shoo, send you back a receipt. It would be easy if that was what happened here on the altar. If we just kind of got together and there was a magical tube on the altar that we, that we offered our prayers and said, Lord, here are the things that we desire. Here we, we ask your blessing upon us. Off it went. Wait a few minutes. Bread from heaven. That would be awesome. It would be easy for us because it wouldn't, we would be like, well, clearly something is happening. Clearly a miracle is taking place. This is something phenomenal. What actually happens 
is we take bread from the cabinet in the back. <laughs> we unopen the package and we put it in a little bowl and we bring the bowl up here. And a man that looks like any other man that just wears a little bit of funny clothes and talks, you know, talks a little bit long on Sundays. He gets up there and he says things that any person who speaks the language can say. And we believe that all of those things coming together, God becomes present on the altar. In the form of a thing that looks like bread, tastes like bread, feels like bread, smells like bread, has all the attributes of bread, all the attributes of wine. And yet, we have to believe that that little thing, that what is it for us, is God itself. That what happens here on this altar is our salvation. It is Christ. It's no sign. It's no symbol. We have to believe that by faith, everything that we do through the course of the week, as difficult as our, as our, our journey may be, sometimes, you know, sometimes life is easy. And sometimes life is very hard. Sometimes the cross weighs heavy upon our shoulder. And it's difficult for us. It would be easy if we came and something miraculous and invisible happened. But it takes faith for us to come and to believe that the ordinary thing that we see and experience week after week after week, that that is the thing that saves me? Really? It takes faith. It takes tremendous faith. And it's that faith that the Lord desires to exercise within us. But not just our faith. Most especially, He desires to work within us our love. And this is where it becomes even more difficult for us sometimes. Because you and I know both that whenever we come to Mass, we don't come in a nice little bubble where there are no distractions, no fears, no worries, no concerns. It would be easy to be able to come and to worship and to have a really profound experience of prayer, a joyful and blessed experience of God. But you and I both know that whenever we leave out of here, there's something else waiting for us. There's something going on. Maybe you probably already de- you know, toned out two or three times in the middle of the homily thinking about, I need to do that thing later. Yet, or what's going on to- tomorrow? Do we have that meeting tomorrow night or is that Tuesday night? You know? All of us are thinking those things, myself included. I'm not, you know, I'm distracted by candles. Um, <laughs> You know, the, there's so many things that happen in the course of Mass. It's easy for us to allow the Lord and us to kind of drift a little apart. To allow our mind, my thoughts, my feelings, my desires to kind of go elsewhere. To be worried about the things of the past, reflecting on the things of the past, looking forward to the things of the future. But what the Lord God desires of us is here and now. To put into effect every Mass, the first and greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we both know that that's hard. (laughs) It's hard to come here week after week and to try to set aside all the distractions, to focus on God and God alone. It's hard for us sometimes to be able to place all of our trust and all of our faith in the Lord when everything around us seems to be just on fire. (laughs) When things don't seem to be going particularly well and we want to sing a hymn of praise. 
It's tough for us. To be able to do, again, this seemingly mundane thing. We say the same words week after week after week after week. It can be easy for us to lose the fire of our heart in saying what we say. To let it be words that just rattle off the tongue without us even having to think about them. Rather than to mean them with all of our mind, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. For the Israelites, when they were in the desert, the first experience was confusion. Just as we hear. Uh, what is this? What is this stuff? What do, what do we do with this? But eventually, what happened is the people began to understand it and make sense of it. But sadly, then they got tired of it. <laughs> Towards the end of the book of Exodus, the people were complaining because God was feeding them. God only gives me bread. He only gives me quail. Every day, God provides for me. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> If only he rained down cheeseburgers from heaven, right? They were looking for something different because it was boring every day after 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They wanted something new and something fresh. And yet the Lord was showing them all that time, if you want the food, it takes the work. Work whenever it's difficult. Work whenever it's boring. Work whenever things are hard for us outside of what we do here. Work when we've got so many other things on our mind. But how blessed are we to have this work. To have this opportunity to come and to labor in the vineyard of the Lord. And to receive from God. Not just an earthly bread from heaven. But to receive God himself. His flesh and his blood in the Eucharist. May the Lord grant us the grace today to be able to be filled with love for him. To love him at this Mass and in every Mass with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We might be able to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he who is righteousness itself. That being filled with him in this Mass and in each Mass that we attend. We might recognize that indeed it is much better for us to have a full heart and an empty stomach. Than to be satisfied only with the things of the world.